G'day Cobbers, and uh, welcome to uh, this week's episode of the uh, Three Points League podcast. Third podcast, lucky Yeah, you. I'm joined once again by Zach in our uh, finals G'day, series. And oh, we're getting into the business end now. Oh, it's getting pretty exciting. We got perhaps the most anticipated game of AFL football. Insane, isn't it? Like, in probably our lifetimes, maybe. I It'd be close. that my dream grand final was going to be Collingwood-Richmond. And if that wasn't going to happen, at least a prelim final. And it's pretty exciting. When was the last time two teams like this played each other in such an important game in final? Like, not since the 90s, I don't think. Like, oh, like... The, everyone is buzzing about this. Mm. This is like, look at that guy on the news, that like idiot that's <laughs> yeah. eating yeah. a day early. Like, can you blame him? Oh, like, just sitting around for tickets outside. Uh, was it at the front of MCC? Yeah, like he's got his laptop. He's got his. Yeah. Uh, he's got his uh, beanie yeah, on. Yeah, he had like a nice, uh, like a rug over his lap. <laughs> he was Come, ready to camp out for a while. Yeah, time. like, oh, but like so. Much. The atmosphere inside that stadium. I'm so jealous of everyone. I wanted to, to. I wanted to get a ticket to go to that game, but I knew deep down, like deep, well, not deep even down. Richmond and Collingwood supporters are getting tickets. Uh, that's that what game. I mean. Like 180,000 members. I think they had 40,000 available tickets. It didn't even go to like general admission. That's what sale. I mean. Like if it went to general admission, I would have snapped up a ticket like <sighs> that. Crazy. It would have been an electric atmosphere. But think, would it potentially be a higher crowd than the grand final? It depends who makes it, I reckon. Like, if West Coast make it, yes. But if Melbourne... Melbourne. But if Melbourne, no. Like, if Melbourne, like... Either way, it's going to be pushing... Like, I think the highest... What's the highest crowd so far this finals? Like, 91 point something? Yeah, 91. It's going to get over that. It's going to be close to 100. I reckon it'll crack. I reckon it'll crack 100. That'd be amazing. It would have to crack 100. That'd be so amazing. AFL must be so happy about this final series. The teams that are involved in the crowd numbers. Like, the lowest crowd... So far has been the Sydney Derby, forty-five thousand, and that wasn't like that. pissing down rain. Like, if but that's because the stadium only holds about fifty thousand mm. as well. Like, crowds have been amazing, absolutely amazing. It, it's been almost a dream AFL final series yeah. from the terms of the AFL. Every game they've had is a marquee matchup. Mm. It's been incredible. It's a shame that the games haven't lived up. Yeah, to the hype and the crowds. Like, let's start with our Friday night's game. It was entertaining, but... Yeah, well, it, was, it was definitely yeah. entertaining in patches, for sure. But, but was not, it wasn't a very... Probably, as soon as... after At halftime, I knew Melbourne was going to... It always felt like they were in control. Yeah. Um, but they were just not able to... It reminded me very them. much of... I hate to harp <laughs> back to the Bulldogs in 2016 yet again. Yeah. And it reminded me of the but semi. It is following the pattern, isn't like, it? It's following the pattern. They played Hawthorne that like Yeah. Hawthorne went out early and they were the bad team in the first quarter, much like that game two years ago. Then Hawthorne sort of dropped off. And did Hawthorne Melbourne, go out in straight sets that year. Yeah, they did yeah. too. Yes. They went is out there, in the semi final. Sweeter sight than Hawthorne going out in straight sets. Oh, if there is no like to see it. I would <laughs> like to see it. It was pretty good. It was, it was enjoyable seeing them get knocked out. Um, for a second there, though, it felt like Hawthorne were going to catch the Ds. They kicked the first three See, goals of the last quarter. That's what I mean. That was much like 2016. I think they missed a couple of... Was it, 
When Gunston hit the post, See, that, that snap, and he hit the, it just To me, that post. was the moment I knew that Hawthorne were not going to win this game. When It went back there, and then they got a, get a goal down the other Yeah, game. like, yeah. it went coast to coast, and then the credit to that Channel 7 cameraman, mm. who... Immediately when Melbourne scored that goal, they went straight to Jack Gunston, and you could see oh, yeah, him, yeah. and you could see his face, like hands on the hips, head down. He knew at that moment that yeah. Hawthorne were not going to win that game. That was a pivotal moment because it. I remember three quarter time, we were probably we were having a bit of a laugh. Um, we we're out at the pub, and we we're all going, "Yeah, Melbourne's got this." Yeah. And then Hawthorne come out, they kick I mean, a very early goal. I remember, they kick I remember another goal. What was the they joke I was third. saying? I was being like. Uh, if I was a Melbourne supporter right now, I'd be calling my uh, Mount Hawthorne representative yeah. and asking whether the ski <laughs> lodge is still like free. It they were just going to get absolutely yeah, rolled over. Yeah, it did. And See, that if really Gunston, was the moment. If they could have done that, if, if, if Gunston it would kicked that goal. Everything. But as soon as it goes the other way, Melbourne score a goal. The momentum is just See, Melbourne were the be- Melbourne were the better team that day. Win, yeah. They deserved to yeah, win. They did. I feel every football supporter that does not have a horse in this race is going for Melbourne. I know I am. Like, mm. Yeah, I've definitely got a bit of a soft spot for Melbourne. <laughs> they've, they've been through such a hard like they're so time. Non, they're so non-threatening. Yeah. That... I've got to say, though, beating Melbourne as a North Melbourne supporter is pretty sweet. Oh, what do we beat them, like, 13 in a row? When, yeah. you get, when it gets to a point like that, you're just like, I never want this to end. I never want to lose to Melbourne. Last year... Mm. Down in Hobart against Melbourne when we had a really close win against them was one of the one of my favourite footy moments yeah. of all time. See, that was so enjoyable. Like I'm getting very similar. Like but I definitely got a soft spot for him. I got a soft spot for Melbourne. I remember texting my mate Caleb after the D's one on Friday. He's a Melbourne supporter and he was so like happy. And I remember he was so happy for me when the Bulldogs won. Yeah. And like the, it's a very similar you have to feel. Very similar story. Unless it's Richmond last year where everyone just was like feeling sick to their stomach. You have to feel good for a team like the Bulldogs or Melbourne if they can do it this year. See, even Collingwood Collingwood this year win, I will not be sad with that because like of the story, like especially with like poor Buckley. Yeah. Everyone, like I I say like everyone was calling for his head. He's yeah. proven them all wrong. The story with Varco too, and just the fact that they've had so many injuries throughout the year and had to deal with so much. Yeah. So much oh. go wrong. But like Melbourne, they're showing glimpses. Like they're showing glimpses of a team that can like, but they haven't strung a full game together yet. They did it yeah. in that first final against Geelong. Geelong. Well, not Probably. even like Geelong still came back and yeah, and, and Hawthorne, them. Hawthorne the same thing. Yeah. Hawthorne basically shot themselves in the foot as we but talked about. You can about. almost say that because Melbourne has not really played a full game of football and they haven't really played to their best either. I would say. Yeah. But they've got the job done and they've been stepping up under the immense pressure. And their midfield See, has been so good. Jack like, Viney was amazing. Oh my god, that spin! <laughs> that was play of the week. For me, that was one of my fin- the moment of finals like this. this See, whole final oh, series. That, I can that remember spin. that that kick in that they did where they went coast to coast. He did the torp out of the. Can't mm. who it was. It might have been Oscar McDonald. Did the torp out of the uh, out of the kick in straight in. Hit, couple of hand passes. Yeah. Kick to the fifty. Hand yeah. pass. Goal. Probably twenty seconds long. How good's a coast to coast goal? Yeah, it's so sweet. Very rare nowadays. Very 
very it's, rare. Yeah, it really gets the crowd going. Those coast to coast goals, though, like, I mean, the, like the momentum see, builds and the crowd starts. That to build crowd on Friday night, I was so surprised. That was probably eighty percent Melbourne. Hawthorne have a lot of supporters, but that mm. crowd was just rabid. And again, like so surprising. I remember seeing the crowd when they played Geelong, and I was, I, I remember thinking I was so surprised how just how many Melbourne supporters there were, and how. I suppose little Geelong supporters were at that game. Yeah, it was. It was, and again with Hawthorne being a big club at their heyday, eighty thousand members plus, and they were outnumbered. Yeah, by Melbourne supporters. Sleeping giant Melbourne, potentially. Well, yeah, it's definitely seeming that way. I think also with Melbourne is. See, when you look Melbourne, at club members, it's, it's a little bit misleading because, because they have so yes. many MCC members that are Melbourne See, supporters. yeah, that's what I mean. That's what they were talking about. The MCC in the past two games have been locked out, and that really happens even on grand final day. It doesn't get locked yeah, out. Yeah, and it's been happening for these Melbourne games. So you and could, you can see in a, like all the games at the MCG that haven't involved Melbourne, there's been a, a significant number of seats in the MCC that have not been filled. Mm. And then every time Melbourne plays, even home and away, I remember. North Melbourne against Melbourne at the G this year. And there was only 30,000 at that game. Everyone's on one side of the ground because MCC is pretty much full. Yeah. All the members that sit on that wing that's on that side. And as a North Melbourne supporter away member, we're coming in and we're sitting on that side. You're, you're basically looking at the game and the other side of the ground's totally empty. But then, like, MCC is totally full on, on days like that. So... When it comes see, to a final, they're definitely like... See, that, that that's out. one thing you can't dispute about a Melbourne supporter. They are passionate about their club. And yeah. that is a very admirable, ab, admirable quality that they have. Like, you can make all the jokes you want about Chiefs players and that, but <laughs> if anyone really deserves some success, it's them. Because they've, like, they've had glimpses, like 2087, yeah. but 87, 88, but like... How many years is it now? It's been 18 years since they've played in a prelim. Well, how many years since their last play? 64. Like, 1964 was their last play. This is the longest running drought. It's the longest running drought, current drought, because the Bulldogs won in 2016, of course. And obviously, the Sydney Swans had a massive drought that they broke. 72 years. So, it's probably never be broken, that one. You'd hope it'd never be broken. Yeah, you hope. Oh, St. Kilda's looking... Oh. St. Kilda's yeah, looking... Because it's 52, so 22 years with St. Kilda not winning a flag does not seem that out of but possibility. It's not just been a long time for Melbourne. It's been a long time for a number of clubs, but it's not just the fact of how long it's been. It's how bad they've been. Like, it's been 12 years since their last final. Like, like Saints... It's been a long time, but they've at least had good teams that but, they can look back on. Like Even 71, the 90s, the 90s and the 2000. 71, 91, 92, 97, yeah. 2004 yeah. prelim, 2009, 2010, 2011 even. Yeah. Like they've had, they've had on-field They've had opportunities Melbourne, and they've had good teams, like, but Melbourne has been see, one of Melbourne, the, Melbourne, probably the worst team I've ever seen aside mm. from... Carlton and probably even worse than what See, Carlton's been. Melbourne made the grand final in 2000 in the one year that everyone yeah. knew who was going to and win And actually it was year. good to see players like uh, David Neitz on TV. Um, the Channel 7 cameras found David yeah. Neitz and I think another Melbourne player, I can't remember who it was. 
and they you could see Swartz. the passion. It might have been Swartz, and they were yeah, just see, celebrating. See in that, the crowd. that? See that's an old Channel Seven technique because I don't know whether you remember the uh, fucking how. I need a bulldogs. I need a bulldogs like swear jar here. Um, <laughs> There's about a million coins in there already. When the Bulldogs were doing their finals run, they kept going to Libba in the stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a very similar thing with Nietzsche and yeah. Barassi. I really like it. It's really good. Like, yeah, Barassi too. They keep going to Barassi and he's got his Melbourne scarf on. Yeah, see, I reckon it's good that Barassi still has his roots in Melbourne. It's nice that he doesn't forget where he's come from. He's been at a lot of clubs. and like, Carlton, I would Sydney. consider him a legend at North Melbourne. He won us our first two premierships. <laughs> At this point, he's a legend. He's probably he's one of you. Like if you if you had to pick someone, like say someone alive that represents AFL football just in general, you'd pick him. For us. In my you opinion. know how they're sort of like you got your star players, and then sort of they retire and they go on to become sort of legends of the game. These sort of like storied players. Yeah. And then there's like a level above that where they're sort of like he is godlike that. or something. Like, like he is he that. Is, he is at that level. Like, because he's been a legendary like Lee player. Would be similar. Lee Matthews probably. If it wasn't for his on-field indiscretions, excuse me, Wayne Carey maybe entering that level. Well, definitely in North Melbourne circles, he is already at that level. Yeah, and was even in his playing days. But yeah, in terms of like it from a neutral perspective, Barassi, Lee Matthews, Gary Ablett. The thing with Gary Ablett, what helps with that, he's a bit of a recluse. You don't see him that often. Yeah, so, so, when you, like so when you do see him, when you him. do see him, it's like, like he was <laughs> on, he was on the telecast. I think it might've been the first final they did. They showed uh, snippets of an online interview he did for a new website. And it was like, I remember seeing him. It was like, mm. that's Gary Ablett. Like, mm. cause you don't see him anymore. Yeah. Like, He's always been a recluse. Like I think that adds to the aura. And yeah, Barassi, see, we're probably a bit too young to remember. See, older listeners may be like, "Oh, Barassi in his prime was always about." I can't remember Barassi being a coach. My memories yeah. of Barassi are him being the occasional interview on TV, like the old sort of. Yeah. Old. Yeah. See, my like, memories of him are similar. Like just. Interviews on TV or just See, archive footage. That's what I mean. My memories of seeing clips of, say, him playing for Melbourne in the 50s with Norm Smith mm. winning the three flags or him coaching Carlton in this yeah. in 70 grand final being like Campbell at every opportunity. What's awesome about um, going to North Melbourne games at three-quarter time during the break, they play a clip and it's Ron Brassy given the... The North players G up during the grand yeah. final. Oh, it's such a great, oh, they, oh. such a great speech. On, and they play it every three quarter time. Yeah. It really, it's on oh, YouTube. It's so they made a film. I think it was nineteen seventy seven or seventy eight. That the Australian yeah. government made a film, and it's on YouTube the full length. And it's like probably forty five minutes long, and it's Barassi coaching. Mm. Like that's the whole gist of the film, and. He just gives players sprays. He's got yeah. Malcolm Blight, and he's like <laughs> bloody finessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him fucking right. Like Leroy, bloody finessing. Yeah, I, I read goof. Malcolm Blight's autobiography. Oh no, his autobiography, but yeah. the biography written by um, uh, I'll come back to that actually. Yeah. Um, it's a very good book, and in it, um, 
uh, Malcolm Blight sort of talks about how rough um, he was on him as a coach. Wow, that's how, what like that's what always said. He was always like sort of harder on the players that were good. That's what he says. Yeah. Like also on YouTube, like YouTube is a cavalcade of terrific AFL footage that a lot of people have forgotten. The hundred years of AFL football, Australian football documentaries on YouTube, full length. They have a full segment on Barassi in North mm. Melbourne. And he says that. He said he was harder on the players that had the skill. Yeah. And everything. Like, I remember like a, like a great story from the book where Malcolm Bly was talking about like a miraculous goal he scored from the boundary line where he, he looked in board and nothing was on. He sort of like had a ping from the boundary and it went through and it was a great goal. And um, he was feeling pretty good about himself. And then <laughs> Brassi <laughs> comes up and, and it's like, should, should have sent it. It's like, like oh. having a go at him. And actually at training made him like, yeah. he was like, you'd never, you'd never make that one, one out of 10 times. And he made him do it in front of all the other players at training. He made him redo the, the kick because yeah. um, Blight wasn't standing down saying, look, nothing was on. So I had to take the goal. He wouldn't back down from his stance. So <laughs> Brassi made him have a shot in front of the whole playing group and he got it like with Barassi on him as the defender he scored it like I think the first three or four he, he kicked yeah <laughs> oh. and Barassi just I remember I don't know what game it was but it was from that like film and Barassi's in the huddle and he goes I think it might have been um McNolan or Barry Cable mm. and he's like you had the fucking shot on goal like he's swearing yeah. like at me he's like you had that fucking shot on goal and you decided to have the shot instead of passing off to Arnold Bryce. It was in the fucking square. <laughs> and, like, you, you could have had that. You could have bloody had that assist. That could have been the second goal or third goal. And you don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, do you? Like, <laughs> but, like... Bryce, he would, have been, he would have been an intense coach to have played. See, like, I feel he would like not last. Out he would not last in the modern game. And his flare collar. He's, he's, like got, he's got the Starbucks... You know, and he's like coming out with like a gold chain around. See, his neck. like this, like this is in the hunt. This is in the hundred years of uh, Australian football documentary on YouTube. I'll post a link on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, he's like, you're not a champion unless you're consistent, like that. Like mm. we're getting really, really like, but just Barassi. No, I like it. I like that we're just talking about Barassi right like, now. Like, oh, Melbourne. And- Barassi is a genius. Like that's. Part of the reason why I want but Melbourne to do well. you can feel what Melbourne supporters would be feeling when they cut away to players like Neats and champions like Barassi. And, and they're, they're playing well and they're winning finals. And, see, and it, feels like, another, it feels like history in the see, making. There's see, another, there's another person involved with Melbourne who we're not talking about. He didn't play for Melbourne, but he had a lot to do with Melbourne, mm. who probably really is the driving force. Are you talking about Paul Rees? No. 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 Neil Denher. Oh, Neil Denher, of course. Like... His story is very, very heartwarming, mm. and I feel like I saw a thing. Well, he took them to the 2000 Grand Final, didn't he? Yeah, he took them to 2000 Grand Final. Took them 2006, the last time they made finals. Yeah, like everyone at this point knows his struggles. Yeah, he's still around the club. Like Channel Seven was all showing him in the stands. I saw a thing before last week's game. He went and talked to the playing group. Mm. Like obviously. Because he knows that his time is almost up. Every time I see something, like an interview or, you know, and the whole Queen's birthday is sort of built around the work that he's done with the big freeze and multiple, it's multiple sclerosis. 
Uh, it's ALS. No, ALS, ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease, as it used to be called. It's really, like, emotional every time you see him talk. Because he knows... inspiration. That's too. what I mean, like, he knows himself that, like, he knows that mm. very soon he's not going to be able to speak at all or, yeah. like, do anything. Like, I feel this is... That could be... That is a driving factor towards Melbourne because uh, he is seen as a positive figure at the club as he should yeah, do definitely and it's very good that melbourne has really embraced him mm. as well even if he didn't play for them like people forget how good a footballer he was he had a lot mm. of injuries he played maybe 90 games for essen he was their youngest ever captain he kicked 70 goals one year like he was captain of essen at 22 years old like he must have been one of the youngest Captains. Like I think he was ever. the he was the youngest captain ever before Carey. Before Carey, yeah. Like took, people forget how good a football he was at Essendon, but it's really touching that Melbourne has kept him within embraced the club. Him. Yeah, embraced him. Like, well, you think about his his involvement as a coach has been longer than his involvement as a player in the game. I mean, and like he took I reckon Melbourne if to you, the highest point. If, I mean, he didn't win a premiership, but he took them to the grand final. He's taken them to like, success. I reckon if you did, if you took a poll with people our age and you said, "How do you know Neil Denneher?" I reckon every single person would mm. not say that he was a player at Essendon. Well, certainly that was. I always saw him as a Melbourne figure. Growing yeah, up. I did too. Because Me he was too. in Melbourne for so long too. See, I always saw him as yeah. a Melbourne figure. Um, it wasn't until older that I learned his, about his playing days. Like, apparently, like, if it wasn't for his injuries, apparently it would be one of the best ever. They say he was one of the best ever. Yeah, one of those sort of cut short, cut down yeah. in the prime. But, like, Melbourne, I really, really hope Melbourne do well. I sadly won't be able to watch the game on Saturday because they'll be at our... Like, so, uh, like oh, it's the, not really, it's not really sad because I'll be, I'll be listening out music festival and say Kilda like, yeah, you'll be I'll leaving be, it up. Lucky, that's what like, I mean, you're I'll, missing I'll, the footy. I reckon like, that's gonna be a great game. Let's get really, into it. Actually, that's the West what, Coast game. Yeah, let's get that West Coast star uh, Melbourne game. It's two thousand Melbourne supporters making their way over there. Apparently, so <sighs> see, they all two thousand Melbourne supporters against fifty eight thousand West Coast supporters. See, <sighs> do you reckon that the crowd? is going to play as big a role this time as it did in their win against Collingwood? Because I reckon the crowd had a lot to do with that last quarter I do momentum. too. I don't think it will. I actually think Melbourne is going to win this game. I do too because a month ago, West Coast versus Melbourne, mm. Melbourne won. But, but not just that as well. I think that the where Collingwood succeeded in that game in the first week of finals was their midfield and the ruck contest and I think Melbourne will do something similar but where Melbourne differs from Collingwood is that they have a a far better forward line in my opinion like a more dynamic forward line and I think that could Melbourne. be the difference yeah I, yeah, see, I think yeah. they might hit them on the score see Wiedemann has been a revelation too. like the games he's been in like mm. he has taken over from Disney Hogan tremendously like he, he's been amazing. Like he is. The last two years, he's been. Last two seasons, he's been really good. Mm. Like, and also like West Coast. Like we work with the guy that goes for West Coast. He's always on about how good Lysette is. I don't even see it. He's no, decent. No, Lysette's not good. He's decent, but 
this would be an entirely different conversation if Nick Nananui was there. You know who's good? Max Gorn. Yeah, exactly, Max Gorn is exactly. Fucking good. He's see, a fucking good see, player. See, Max Gorn is not just one of the best ruckmen in the AFL. He's one of the best players yeah, yeah, in the absolutely. AFL. Like absolutely. he is a top ten player, not just a ruckman. He's been destroying like, people. See, Lysak could win the tap, but Max Gorn will win around the ground. Mm. He will take intercept marks, which he's been tremendously doing in the backline. Like. But the crucial man for me for both teams is Jeremy McGovern. If he has a game like that second mm. half against Collingwood, he's such a good player. West Coast he's could so very important. well win. Sometimes when he takes those intercept marks, like those strong pack marks, yeah. it's almost as good as a See, goal. That's what I mean. He's amazing. See, I reckon at this point you almost have to put someone on him to take him defender, out of the yeah. contest. You want a defensive forward. Like, you want someone to take him out of the contest. At least put a body on so yeah. he can't get a free, a free jump at See, the contest. See, that's, Ma- that's where Melbourne may struggle because they have a relatively smaller forward line than yeah, most clubs. Yeah, but I clubs. think that, that where that might actually help them is that they're going to bring the ball in faster and by hand. Yeah. And they're going to lower the eyes and try and This is where Tom McDonald... Tom McDonald made the fatal mistake like early in that game as well in the first week. They were sort of kicking it long and kicking it high, which is just McGovern's bread and butter. But they started to lower the eyes and they started to have more of an effect in the forward line. But obviously McGovern like came back into the game late as the yeah. pressure goes up and the kicks get higher again in the air. I think Melbourne's yeah. going to try and bring it in a lot faster. That'll help them. Like, I think this is where Tom McDonald could be used very well for Melbourne because he has the history of being a defender. Mm. I think Melbourne should yeah, almost put Tom McDonald because he's been playing forward all season. Yeah, basically put him as a defender on McGovern in the forward fifty. Mm. Keep him away from the contest. Problem is, it's not just McGovern, is it? No, like you got <laughs> Hearn, <laughs> you got Hearn as well. Yeah. Like, but they set up very well defensively, West Coast. See, that's it. That's it. That has been the reason why they've really stuck around with. Say Kennedy being injured, uh, Darling, Nanui mm. is their defense. Mm. See, Collingwood in patches that first week of the finals were able to get through them defensively. Yeah. But I feel Melbourne, because unlike Collingwood, Collingwood always kicked it relatively long yeah. towards yeah. Cox, yeah. who would bring it down. Melbourne's just going to pound it in there. Their no. midfield is so dominant. Yeah. That I feel that Melbourne will be and able to... And their midfielders kick goals because they bring it Viney? in by hand. See, and Petrarca. they bring it in shallowly. Petrarca they don't as well. go so deep all the time. See, Petrarca could, Petrarca could play in the midfield. The next minute he can kick. Yeah, go forward. He's, go he's, forward. Yeah, he yeah, is, he he's is a freak. Yeah. He's so good. Like... Oh, you could... Yeah, their midfield is amazing. But... I mean, Oliver, Viney, Jones. But I feel like... But see, West Coast as well, that forward line with Darling and Kennedy, it's very, very hard it to is, match yeah. up against. Because most teams now don't really have two very you, good tall defenders. And you think the week off as well is only going to help players like Kennedy, especially if it's done. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his match fitness is going to be like, but he certainly wouldn't be feeling any pain see, Darling or as like well. restrictions. And Darling, yeah, would yeah, definitely be the same. And he really started to come into that game. Fourth quarter. See, 
I f- like I feel this game though will because Melbourne's got a decent defense. Like they may need to throw Tom McDonald back down there. As Do you reckon they would though? Do you reckon they would? I feel that they won't. No, but I don't think. I don't potentially think they'd be wise they could. To do that. They shouldn't to begin with, but if they feel the need to, they should. Because mm. I feel the game will be won by how good their defense plays. Because Melbourne's got the better. F- See, Melbourne's got the much better midfield. This is where Gaff missing for West Coast is a crucial, yeah, crucial loss because they won't even with like Maston. Shuey, mm. Yo, they won't be able to match Viney, The pace, Jones. the sheer pace, the onslaught. The the times that I've seen Melbourne this year live, it's just incredible, like, how quick they move the ball when they really get going. Yeah. It's it's scary how quick they move the ball. They're yeah. very efficient, and it's just like a wave. It's like a tidal wave. It's very hard to combat. Yeah, like, you, you, can, you saw it last week with, Mel- like, Hawthorne. Yeah. At times, I would just... Wave after wave after wave. Yeah. yeah. It's like the waves are crashing See, down on the beach. Like, we'll say about the crowd. The crowd, I reckon, may play a factor. Play but it definitely. that, two, how close it is, that 2,000 Melbourne supporters are making the way over there will yeah. be so loud. Don't underestimate the impact that will have on the Melbourne players, too. I mean, they're going to be vastly outnumbered in terms of noise and crowd numbers. But having two thousand of your own, that underdog because that will be a ver- well, that will be a visible section of yeah, the exactly. crowd. Exactly, and it, that underdog feeling, which they they would be riding that whole See, underdog like, wave all d- finals. D- like oh, again, never be again going into I'm going to add another two dollars into the uh, Western Bulldogs 2016 jar. This <laughs> is what the Bulldogs did. Yeah, they went to GWS. They were the underdog. Yeah. To be fair, they're. There it were, took a lot of away supporters to that game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to be fair, it won't be the level of away supporters. The but they Bulldogs, were still vastly... They were, they were definitely the underdogs in that game. They were not... Yeah. Most people would have tipped GWS in that game. Like, I feel Melbourne's in that same situation. That's why I'm tipping Melbourne by... Yeah, I'm tipping Melbourne I'm by three Melbourne. goals. Yeah, I think... I've gone under a goal for most of these finals, and it, it doesn't end up going that way. Yeah. Even when you think it's going to be close. I, so, three goals is a good one. I think I'm going to go, yeah, 15 points. So, we're pretty much in our agreement there. Relatively three do, goals. Lucky. We're in sync here. We're yeah. Sync here. <laughs> points in. Yeah, pretty much in sync there. Yeah, so we're both uh, in agreement there with the... Uh, Melbourne West Coast game, like I really, really hope Melbourne will win. But yeah, I'm going to be rooting for Melbourne for sure. But we could obviously talk about that game all day. But we got to move on to the <laughs> uh, the biggest game of the two, actually, the uh, Collingwood yeah. Richmond, and potentially the biggest game of the year in terms of hype and crowd. Biggest game probably of our lifetime. About this already, but mm. like this, uh, I'm most excited about how massive this crowd is going to be. And how oh. insane these two sets of supporters are going to be. Like, Melbourne's going to literally gonna be, be on fire. I'm going to be in Richmond during the game. I'm going to a gig. I'm going to watch the game before the gig. But it's at the corner. I'm going to be fucking in the heart of Richmond at the end of this game. And I'm a little bit worried, to say the least, about that's, what I'm going to experience. That's what I mean. Like, I'm, like, I could pretend, like, you invited me to meet you after the, like, during that game, I mm. may not be able to like enter that area. They may have that area in lockdown. Just, like I was 
do not even know what to expect after that game is over. One half and of... the supporters pour into Swan Street and just take over the pubs. It's going to be a bloody night. One half of Melbourne will be set on fire. <laughs> One Go. half? It's more like the two suburbs, like Collingwood and Richmond, they're right next to each other. Yeah, too. I know. Like, like... It's going to be fucking unreal. It's going to be great. I can't, um, I can't remember anything like this. Equivalent to this. I can't either. In my lifetime as a football supporter. The closest I can feel is probably when Collingwood made the grand final in 2010. Mm. After 20 years. Mm. But this is like, because they played St Kilda. St Kilda don't really have the level of support that Richmond do. The only way this could be bigger if this was Carlton Collingwood and God knows yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It's it's insane. I think the the closest that we've gotten in the last in terms of like big clubs like this, big Melbourne clubs like this playing against each other, local rivals, is is the Anzac Day game. And because that's such a somber and respectful occasion, it doesn't come anywhere near See, what this is going to be. Preliminary final is almost the footy fans sort of like, as in yeah, the footy fans' day. Yeah, I heard it described as like the like the real grand final a because of times because fans actually get to go to the game. It's usually the, the it's usually the best games of the year. And yeah, some incredible games. The corporates the aren't really years. there, like. The true football, like, passionate supporters get to go. Mm. The games are usually very, very good. And I reckon, like, this will be... This is basically the grand final equivalent. Yeah. If West Coast make it next week, I it will not be as teams will win. Yeah. I reckon if West Coast beat Melbourne, let's say Collingwood win, I reckon Collingwood will win that grand I final. do too. I think win, this I is... This is final. this is basically the grand final, in my opinion. Like this is well, Collingwood. The best teams all, all year. Collingwood have been like you could look at the fact that they've played each other twice and Richmond and won, but Collingwood have been deceptively close mm. both times. Oh, they've been very good both times. It's really the last fifteen minutes in both games that I Richmond have. I saw the first have... game that they played live, and yeah, yeah, I think you're about to say that. Richmond sort of pulled away in the last quarter. But and that I f- first game that I saw, like Collingwood, were very good for three quarters. And but they could have been better. They were very inac- inaccurate. Yeah. Like they I were. Think Richmond would probably say the same. They were they last week. Better. To be fair, Collingwood, they were very inaccurate against GWS and kept GWS around longer than they should have. Oh geez, it was an average game. Mm. That first quarter by Collingwood, though, was very good, but they so should actually, have been... I went to this game, but I was working, so I missed I missed the first quarter and a half. I got there. In the second quarter, at one point, Collingwood had exactly double the scoring shots and were up on the scoreboard by one point. I think it was like three goals, nine to... I don't know. So it was like 12 scoring shots to six, maybe three goals, three, yeah. or four goals, two, something like that. So basically, GWS down by one point, but they'd had half the scoring shots. It was crazy. Like, it sounded like Collingwood was so dominant, but the rest of the game was just such a fizzer. It was it was close, like, the whole game, but just yeah. not very exciting. And I honestly felt like... I, I went to this game for a couple of reasons. 
The first is that my girlfriend goes for Collingwood. So it's an excuse to go to the game. The second one was I wanted the finals atmosphere and I wanted to see what it was like to be in a crowd where you've got 70 plus thousand of one team, which is, you don't really get very often. No, you don't. So I wanted to go and experience that. And the crowd was just so dead. There was no atmosphere. That could be due to the weather though. I couldn't tell if they were quiet because they were nervous or because they thought they had it in a bag. Either way... The weather, though, that day was absolutely dreadful. It was freezing, yeah. Like, but you'd hope that it's not like that tomorrow night, like... Well, the best atmosphere was at uh, halftime when the bit of the Biffo came. Yeah, I I remember watching that on TV, (laughs) like, who was it? Was it Hoskin Elliott who kicked that goal? No, it was Dugowie, and he and he kicked a drop kick with his left foot too. Right on the siren. Right on the siren, and then there was a bit of biffo, See, and it was an all-in too. That's what I mean. There's a bit of a history with the GWS and Collingwood because like Adams, Trelaw, yeah. and Hoskin yeah, Elliott yeah, used to play for players, the. Yeah. Used to play for the Giants. Dugowie had been pretty quiet up to that point. I think that was his first of three goals for the game. So basically, he's kicked. His first goal for the game on the on the stroke of half time. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it was a nice goal. He just he took the crumb. He it was a fucking drop kick too. It was amazing. You see it in slow motion. He actually drops it on the on yeah. the ground and then stabs it through on his left. And uh, the GWS players got around him. And there was a bit of biffo, and all of a sudden it was an all in, and the crowd just got so rowdy. It was so good. I was on my feet. I was like, yes, this is it. This is the atmosphere. I was I on my for. feet at home. I'm just like, all in, bro. This is what I want. Oh, man. Everyone was on their feet. Everyone was having good fun with it. And all of a sudden, you just hear the calling word. Just I hate that. Echo. I hate that. I like, hate it too. I hate it too. But you, I was sort of like, like wow. Oh, here we like, go. If, we're talking, if we're talking about this game, like. But if that's how the first half ended, the, the way the second half started, it was. Nowhere near. It just—it was an absolute fizzer. There was no atmosphere for the rest of the game. It was really disappointing. That probably Collingwood supporters bring your fucking A game this week. I'm telling you, they will shit. for sure. Um, there was a picture in the paper day with uh, Joffa. You obviously mm. know Joffa and Sir Richard's supporter. Yeah, and yeah, like, that was they're a good bu- pick. I saw they're, that. They're yeah. heads. <laughs> like hashtag Nuffies on AFL. And Joffa had his his gold jacket on, which I noticed in the crowd on. Uh, Last weekend during the game, I saw the gold jacket come out. By the way, GWS were only down by 10 points and the gold jacket was out. I don't think so. I thought he'd retired it. I thought he retired that jacket. Did he not? Did he not, like, get rid no, of I it? No, I think he, well, he might have retired. I think he sold one of them for charity. He does a He's lot of work. Back. He does a lo- He does a lot of work for charity, that man. Like, Joffa Korf. <laughs> Good bloke. Like, you may think he's a flog. He actually does a lot of work for charity, like... Yeah. Good bloke. No, good on him. But, like... I uh, thought GWS could have won that game, though. I they did, too. They definitely had their chances. And that's why this game is very, very hard. Jeremy Cameron, in particular, missed a shot he would normally nail nine times out of ten. Yeah. Himmelberg as well. put him within, I think, one goal, actually. That yeah. And he hit the post. See, that's why one. this game against Richmond, Colin Richmond, is very, very hard for me to pick. I feel Collingwood's in this, but if Collingwood leave the door open like they have yeah. against West Coast, against yeah. Ru- against GWS, Richmond will just demolish them. This is so, definitely a game where I reckon Collingwood have to take their opportunities where they've missed out in if the last Richmond, games. If Richmond are down by 
five goals at either half time or three quarter time. You wouldn't put it past him coming back. I wouldn't, but I say Collingwood would have been good stead. Because this is, I think this is definitely a game where everything has to go right for Collingwood. Like if you think about I the West Coast I game, I feel it can. And the GWS game, they've they've not taken their opportunities, and in one game it's not panned out See, where it probably should have, and in the other it has where they got maybe not so much lucky, but they held on. I want to tip Collingwood, but because they've left the door open. I'm going to go for Richmond. Oh, I am a confident Richmond tip on this one. I reckon. As much as like this, this is like this is like the head of the heart. Like this is the worst scenario. These are the clubs that like <laughs> I want Collingwood to win. Like that, every fibre of my body yeah. is like yeah, it's weird, isn't screaming it? Screaming in pain. <laughs> no, but I would rather Collingwood win than Richmond. But well, Richmond. Okay, what's your dream grand final? The dream grand final for me is Collingwood Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. They're the classic yeah. rivals I from the fifties. I want to replay 50s. the Queen's birthday game. That was Queen's my birthday. Best, my best day of the footy this year has been the Queen's birthday. That was so enjoyable. That was such a great game. It's good atmosphere. And I reckon my dream grand final is definitely Collingwood Melbourne. Mm. But I think Richmond's going to run away That's with this. Like... I think that this game will go in a similar vein to the previous two Richmond Collingwood games this season, where it's been close up to three-quarter time or close to most of the game and then Richmond sort of put their foot down. See? And they've been cruising and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're superior. Collingwood's got to get a lead early. If they get a decent they lead yeah. early, yeah, they I will agree. hold on. Yeah. They will hold on. Yeah. Because I don't think they're going to be able to chase Richmond down, but I can see Richmond chasing Collingwood down. So I think Collingwood needs like a decent lead. They need at least a five-goal lead. A lot of momentum. They need at least a five-goal lead at mm. one of the major changes, I reckon. That's why I think Richmond by probably... I think it'll be closer than probably a lot of people think. Three goals, I reckon, will be Richmond. Because they will chase... I think Collingwood will be in it, and then Richmond will chase Collingwood down and win by the final siren. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I reckon it's going to be... Well, I don't disagree on the result. It's going to be Richmond, but I think they're going to... I think they're going to win pretty comfortably. I think they're going to run away by five or six goals. Yeah. I just, Collingwood's had a really tough final series. They're out on their feet. They're absolutely out on their feet. They're going to have to have a lot go their way to win this game. And I just can't see it happening. I think Richmond's going to, I think it might be close. I think it might be close, but I think Richmond's still going to win by five or six. Here's a question for tomorrow. Who will have the loudest supporters? Will it be Richmond Richmond or will it be Collingwood? Without a shadow of a doubt, Richmond. Richmond are insane. Their supporters are insane. I was talking this week with a couple of mates about one of my favourite football memories, which is North Melbourne beating Richmond in the 2015 elimination final. And it was in front of 90,000 supporters, which for a North Melbourne game, that's fucking huge. And it was mostly 10, Richmond. 10,000 North? It was mostly Richmond. 10,000 North? Yeah. 80,000 Richmond? I don't think it was that bad, but yeah, it was mostly Richmond You never supporters. know. With Basically, North I tell this story that when Richmond came out and the song was playing... And they cut the music and you heard the yellow and black at the start of the game. They shouted it so loud because obviously they had a lot of pain for a number of years. They were still waiting for a finals win for, I don't know, a long time. It was so loud that I was almost shaking like, fucking hell. This is crazy. Uh, We came back and we won that game. I have a similar experience. Basically, short, long story short. Richmond supporters are crazy. They're so loud. 
I have a similar experience. Last year, I won tickets to the uh, qualifying final, and I took my mate Joel, who's a Richmond supporter, and it was a Geelong home game at the MCG. Mm. It was probably... There was ninety thousand oh, there. Geelong home. It was home like final, seven. Yeah. It was like seventy thousand Richmond supporters, mm. and like as you said, like when Richmond were on top, just the roar, like it you is, could feel it yeah, shaking. It shakes the stand, shakes. Like, you can feel it. They're bandwagoners, but when they jump oh, on the bandwagon, like, bandwagoners. They, they, oh. it's, it's like they're like individually, they weigh like hundred and fifty kilos jumping on that bandwagon, like <laughs> huge. Like I live. Pretty much in Richmond, all the shops at the moment, all the shops have Richmond streamers mm. and posters. They all the, and like, like, however, tremendous. I will say, let's not get too carried away because Collingwood is still typically the biggest club in the yes. country and of any code. They're the biggest club in the country. They're massive, and they. I have definitely been to games in the past. Where the Collingwood supporters have been immensely loud. They're and in, I feel that could insane. come into it on Friday night because even that and GW, proud e- too. Even that GW, even proud. that GWS game, the weather was terrible. They still made it out in mm. numbers, and you could still feel on t- even on TV. You could hear the call. Yeah, it's a it's so haunting too. See, that's that what Collingwood chant. See, if it echoes around the whole stadium, it's, it's so so loud. But if it's they, also just so awful when they get up. That's like what I mean. That. Like if, if Richmond, if if Richmond drop off early, and if Colling- we get a Collingwood chant during the game, I think it might be Collingwood's game. That's what I mean. Like if, say say if Collingwood say if they're confident enough to start the that fir- chant, they might. Yeah. Have it. See they if Collingwood it. get it, say to a three or four goal lead in that first half, and they start that Collingwood. It's chant. one of those chants where they don't they don't just chant it all the time, win or lose. It's a it's a chant that comes up. When Collingwood have got their tail up and when they're up and about. Like, and when that chant goes it's around demoralizing. and there's 60,000 Collingwood supporters chanting that, it's fucking like, it's super demoralizing. Honestly, it'll probably be a half and half split. And that will probably play into Collingwood. Because Richmond this year, mm. they've had the majority of fans in every game. I they've can't co- wait. I can't like, wait. Oh, like, this is tremendous. But, like, Richmond should win. They should. This and is I'm their game to lose. To win it comfortably, but I think the atmosphere will be something to behold for the first quarter, at least for the first half. I would hope for the first half, and I would pray for the first three quarters that the That's atmosphere I mean, like, I is going to be so so. I good. just want a decent game. Like, yeah, we all do, don't we? Like, yeah, we've only we had one all bloody. That's final what I mean. Series. Like, it's been a disappointing. Okay, so out of the two games that were the two prelim finals, which is going to be the game of the week. West Coast Melbourne probably. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Because Richmond have that ability to run over yeah. their opponents as we've seen. Well I'm tipping Richmond to run over Collingwood, as I've said already. But I think that, that West Coast Melbourne game's gonna be pretty a bit of a ripper. That game is gonna be awesome. I hope it's as good as the Collingwood West Coast game. Because that's been game of the finals. Yeah, I do too. Oh like I was in that Uber. She had now big cocks, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Bit of a long stretch, maybe, for Richmond Collingwood. Like, everything is building up for it to be a terrific game, and I just hope it lives mm. up to the hype. Football needs this. Like, uh, what do you think of the game changes in this game? See, we there is about, something. Like, sort of Kennedy see, and see, Darling see, for West there, Coast there is something and... we haven't talked about that could be a really, really massive thing. 
Dusty Martin is under an injury cloud. Yeah, I've met, I've read mixed things about this. I have. I've met people that said it's he's hard had, to know what he said. Anything from a light cookie to a significant knee issue. Did he? He must have got that in training. It's training. It's a training injury. He'll but be, you think he'd be fine? Richmond have said he will play be fine. either way. He will play either way. Richmond are smart enough, and he is good enough personally that yeah. you can stick him in the forward pocket. We've seen it. Yeah. Oh, We've seen yeah. it. He can kick well, five imagine, goals on one imagine leg. Imagine if, if he was like on one leg and they did put him in the forward line. It'd almost be the game changer. He'd fucking that's kick what, four that's or five I mean, like, goals. That's what I mean. Like, he'd be like Dugowie kind of streaming out of the forward yeah, like he, like I think Dugowie is the other one for Collingwood. He's got to be the, the game changer for I think the game changer for He Colling- looked amazing against GWS. He did. He really did. Every time he got near the ball, you were like, man, this guy. No See, one can stop him. No I reckon one can stop Collingwood him. has made a mistake keeping out Darcy Moore. Not swapping well, him for really, say, like keeping him out so much as he's been like in and out of injury. Like, because he is another... Because Richmond's forward line as well, it's basically Jack Crevo and a bunch of smalls. Yeah. You put Darcy Moore down there. Kind of similar as well. Yeah, but I reckon the key to one of the keys to being Richmond is if you have a tall backline and mm. you can stop that delivery to Revolt. Mm. Because most of the time they kick it to him and he brings it down. If you can stop that initial delivery, you are a good chance of beating. Do you Richmond. think Goldsack goes to Revolt? I think Goldsack no. Oh, who goes to Revolt? See, he I could, would he, say, I so would say, I think Revolt could be the he could be the difference. See, because if you look at them, their midfields are pretty good, both sides. Collingwood's got like obviously a very good midfield. Their forward is where they've struggled. Their defense has held up amazingly well considering the injuries, but they don't have a Revolt in their forward line. They've got a Dugowie. Richmond's got a, See, a Revolt. See, the thing with Revolt, Revolt can either take the grab or palm it down. He has that... Exactly. That's what they've Beautiful the whole, ability. The, what they call the small bowl, the small forward See, line, is based around Revolt. He Colling, is the key to the success. Collingwood have a very similar system, but their Revolt is Mason Cox. And he is but not... But he has had an awful final series. He was decent against GWS, but he is he not... He wasn't decent against GWS. He, he is not... I'm a, sorry, he was not decent against GWS. But, I like Mason Cox. I think he's got a lot of value, but he has really struggled. I think when the, the pressure has amped up and the, like it really counts, he has really struggled. He was awful against West Coast. He was basically unsighted again against GWS. He dropped so many marks. He dropped more marks that I can remember than he... Than he took like mm. I'm not like, sure what's up with him because normally that's his strength is taking marks see, or knocking it down he plays a revolt-esque he plays right a revolt-esque role but he is not as good as revolt that's revolt why revolt has reckon... solid hands and he'll he'll kick him from anywhere he'll miss him from anywhere but he'll also kick him from anywhere revolt I think could be the difference yeah in that's why I reckon Maybe. like uh, so I, like that's one of the crucial reasons I reckon we're both picking Richmond here to uh, mm. to Win, like Collins, relatively they, they comfortably. They do so much that is good, and then as soon as it gets into their forward fifty, it just seems to fall apart a lot of the time. Dugowie like, is one of the only forwards that sort of like holds that, holds it I down. So is key. Same with Hoskin Elliott, but like Richmond off have the quality. Well, he he can kick like two goals off a wing, and he's been doing it all season. He's been great, Hoskin Elliott. This is Richmond's game to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Either way, I'd have so to I, like I think Richmond will be. 
will win pretty comfortably, pretty comfortably yeah. in the end.